Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Time for Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, it's episode number 11 of the Postgame Report, where we recap the weekend that was in the NFL and in college football for the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. We'll see where things go today. And joining me actually in studio is Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor from O'Connor Advisory Group. He's going to be with us for the whole show today. Bo, what's going on? Appreciate hey, you joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me today. I'm glad to come in here and have a little fun and uh, talk a little football with you today. Yes, uh, certainly so. And uh, Bo, uh, what we have you here, since we mentioned you being with O'Connor Advisory Group and everything, what's going on uh, as you guys get ready for the holidays, Thanksgiving and everything? Hey, well, thank you for the free play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, O'Connor Advisor Group. If you're looking to need help with your uh, financials, you need uh, retirement planning or your investment planning, we'd love to be your partner. Give us a call. This time of year is a great year, time of year to kind of straighten some things out, get that paperwork, take a look at it, and go, what the hell did I do this past year? <laughs> you don't have a plan. Hey, give me a call. I'd love to chat with you. Absolutely. And uh, make sure to subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all, and we'd certainly appreciate that. How we start these Monday shows, Bo, is a simple question for the folks out there. It's what did we learn from this weekend? And the thing I learned from this weekend is apparently Kansas City is is clutch city of sorts. You saw, of course, everybody knows about what Patrick Mahomes did in that final minute and 30 seconds against the Raiders. Just a phenomenal drive there at the end of the game to win it for the Chiefs. It was actually the first go-ahead touchdown that he has scored in the final two minutes of his entire career, believe it or not, even though he, it seems like he's been so clutch throughout this time. Great win for the Chiefs, back-and-forth game all night long, and ultimately the Chiefs put it together when it mattered most. But then earlier in the day, you had Saul Sporting Kansas City. I was out there at Children's Mercy Park, and they had a game that went back and forth with San Jose, opening round of the playoffs, then it goes to overtime, still keep on fighting, eventually win that in PK's uh, three nothing there, a three three final, and they advance on. And just a big day for Kansas City, nail biter games in both involved, and ultimately both Kansas City teams came up when it mattered most. It was clutch, um, big for Kansas City. Just a great sports day on on both fronts. Yeah, that's pretty awesome when you do, when you think about that. I think it's a good point you have about it. The clutch gene, if you will, is in Kansas City right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sporting, it's great to see. And it kind of gets lost in the shuffle with what's going on with sporting this year. Sure. Uh, you know, with, with everything going on and, you know, not having the fans there. And then, uh, what can you say about Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs? I mean, I watched that game and all I could think of is, man, for the first, well, 55 minutes of the game, I thought, man, the Raiders outplayed them, mm-hmm. the Raiders outcoached them. Which I mean, coming off the, the Andy Reid bye week thing, you're like, oh, what I saw was, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr played what I think is the best game I've ever seen him play. Gruden totally outcoached uh, Reid for 55 minutes. I'm not trying to, that's not trying to say anything bad about Andy Reid. I just sure. Gruden was just ultra prepared, and then they just left a little too much time on the clock, and they made it almost too easy for Mahomes. I. That's a team on the come up. So I mean, oh, as yeah. a Chiefs fan, it's I hope that it's I hope the Chiefs fans are happy because they've got a real rivalry there now. Mm-hmm. And but you gotta have but you gotta also be happy knowing, hey, we got this real rivalry, but we have the ace in the hole now. Now the Chiefs have the ace with Mahomes. Yeah. And he just showed it again this week. He's fantastic. I mean, just 
You can get every superlative you can give Patrick Mahomes, he's worthy of it. Oh, no question. We'll talk more about the Chiefs in a moment. But I got to know, Bo, what would you learn this weekend? Okay. Uh, you know this about me. I'm an LSU guy. <laughs> yes. And, you know, my guy in the NFL is Joe Burrow. And what I learned is, but I suspected already, the Cincinnati Bengals do not deserve Joe Burrow. They, they really don't deserve Joe Burrow after what they did to him this weekend. I I just feel bad for that young man. And I think what we also learned this week is that that's just another another tick that what's, there's going to be repercussions of the Joe Burrow injury that are not just going to be felt by the Bengals and Joe Burrow. And I think we talked a little bit about this off the air. Trevor Lawrence was watching. Mm-hmm. And let's see how that does with that. That's that's my takeaway. If you look at the overall landscape of football, my takeaway was, one, the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow, and it's going to be interesting to see the chain reaction that could happen because of his injury. Yeah. Um, we all knew there was certainly a possibility. The Bengals have an awful offensive line, yeah. and now they lose Burrow for the rest of the season. We don't know if what he's going to be like when he comes back and such. Uh, you hate to see it. And Joe was having a, a hell of a rookie season, too. Yeah. So yeah, it's so unfortunate. Yeah, you look at things now, It's uh, this whole year, 2020 in all sports, has been certainly unique. I mean, with the, what's going on in the world. And the NFL has seems like it's been the one place where it's somewhat been normal. I mean, you had some COVID issues in the NFL, but not like how it's affected every other sport. Right. And so now you see a, a, the young rookie gets hurt. Um, you know, but then there's still a couple things in the NFL, and then I think locally, if you think about the Chiefs, I mean, I'm kind of go back to the Chiefs thing. I, I think the thing also we learned is that Mahomes is worthy of every superlative. Oh yes, I mean that's and yeah. that's where we'll start today's show is with the Kansas City Chiefs, 35-31 over the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. Mahomes was 34 of 45 through the year, 348 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Travis Kelsey had a hell of a game, including that game-winning touchdown there in uh, the fourth quarter with 127 receiving yards, 102 yards for. Uh, Tyreek Hill. And with Tyreek, too, he didn't have a catch longer than 15 yards. We're so accustomed to seeing Tyreek Hill play this long-range receiving game, those deep catches. He didn't have to do that to be effective. I mean, it was really well-designed play uh, game by Andy Reid to still have Tyreek Hill involved in that way. And then the run game, you saw some... Nice flashes from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Le'Veon Bell wasn't bad either. The offense was just clicking on all cylinders for this Chiefs offense. And there was still room for improvement there. They were a little bit slow in that first half. Um, I think that you look at this Chiefs game and you say, as good as the offense was, it still wasn't perfect. That to me shows a lot about this Chiefs team, where they're at. That they win this game, they didn't play their best game by any means, even off the bye week and all, and yet still found a way to win against a very good Raider team. Uh, hats off to the Chiefs for getting things done. Well, I, I agree with you, and then I slightly disagree with a little bit of it. So let me, let me hear me out a little bit. Okay. Um, one, they have the incredible offense. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Every position, every skill position, if you will, 
at running back. They're deep with Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire, and now Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they have one of the top three tight ends in the league. Tyreek Hill has impressed me to where he's not just a cheetah who outruns everybody. Right. He has become a real receiver in the last half of last season and this season. Um, I have a superlative about him. I'll go in a minute, but let me finish my other point first. Um, that offense scored 35 points last night. Yeah. If you scored 35 points in the NFL, you should win the game. Yes. I'm not worried about the Chiefs' offense. I don't think they didn't play their best game. They played fine. They played great. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, if you are going to just say the Chiefs are going to score 35 points a game, uh, they're probably going to win 14 or 15 games right. this season. I mean, you just someone's going to maybe clip you at 38, 35, or something like that. But you should win no matter who you're playing in the NFL if you score 35. The Chiefs' problems, if they have any, I'm doing the air quotes to you here, mm-hmm. are not offensively. No, not at all. And I would argue the one problem is that left tackle, but we'll get to that point. Um, but I think the biggest problem the Chiefs have right now is on the backside, on the defense. And where I do see there could be a problem – and the Raiders kind of showed this, is open it up and just spread the defense out and throw away from Matthew. Don't let Matthew be as part of as good a part of the defense. The Chiefs want to use him in the run game. They want to try to spread him out wide, get him on your best guy as well. What the Raiders did really well was, okay, spread out your offense and put the pressure back on the Chiefs' offense. Came out, they got the ball first, Raiders score. Chiefs answer. Normally, after the Chiefs' answer, most teams in the NFL are going to say, okay, we punched them, they punched us right back. Yeah. Raiders came out, punched them again. The Raiders weren't intimidated by the Chiefs. Not at all. No. They just weren't. No, and they did not let the first meeting go to their heads either. They, they weren't didn't. overconfident. No, and I think that Gruden knew that. I think John Gruden, to me, he did a fantastic job last night. And he got Derek Carr to play the best game I've ever seen Derek Carr play. Um, because you're not going to ask that guy to win you games. Right. But what they came out and did last night was put Derek Carr in a position to where he only has to do one or two little things, get the ball out of his hands, in the playmaker's hands, around the, and they can run the football. The right mix, and I only see a couple of teams that are the right mix to beat the Chiefs in a, in a playoff situation. Uh, the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The Titans could, and if they slow the game down, that's what's been kind of the magic elixir. If you were going to beat the Chiefs, right? It's been slow the ball down with the run game, but then Mahomes can beat you over the top, the way they did the Texans last year mm-hmm. in the playoff. Well, the Raiders just showed something, saying, "Wait a minute, we maybe we'll squat there and try to outscore you." Right. So look for where I see an issue is. The defense not doing their workload, and all of a sudden that 35 points the Chiefs put up isn't enough. And that can't happen in January. Right. Well, you you look at the Chiefs last night defensively. The secondary really struggled. I know that they're still waiting to get some other guys back. You know, Dan Sorensen, sure, he has that pick at the end of the game, but how many bad plays did he have leading up to that? We've talked. Go ahead. Um, You know, they got to get healthier. That's big. But no pass rush. None. 
The Chiefs, the last two seasons, have led the NFL when it comes to sacks. Not a single sack last night. The defense, I think it will improve. Things will get there. But I expected more from that group coming off the bye week and having film already on the Raiders than what we saw last night. That was a bit disappointing. Yeah. Now, I first off think the Raiders have a fantastic offensive line. Yes. They may have the best offensive line in the, in the NFL. They've had some issues with COVID these last couple of weeks that have moved some guys around, but they have they've stuck their salary cap in those guys. They've just that's what their plan is, is they want to come at you with big good guys. They're good up front. I think that's part of the reason the Chiefs up front didn't play as well. I think you mentioned the name Daniel Source and my ears popped up because <laughs> yeah, he had to pick in the end, which really every safety in the entire NFL would have picked off. Right. Um, this is not going to be a popular take. That's the worst football player on the team. Yeah. I If I'm the Chiefs, I have to find a way to replace him with a player who's more athletic. I've been saying that the last three years. I have said it too. I think that he is, you know, he he's a popular guy. He's not a, he's not a, he seems to be in the mix on a big play here or there because of the nature of his position. Right. He's not a cover corner. He's a safety. So he's trailing a lot of plays. He does have the heads-up mentality of trying to swipe at a ball or to you know strip a ball from a runner or a receiver. Those things you're taught even as a young kid. Um, but he is not a he's not athletic enough to play safety to where it makes a, a difference because in the two safety defense they play, and with Steve Spagnola, they want to blitz one of them, and they have the perfect safety for that in Tyron Matthew. They bring him up to the line of scrimmage often. They bring him up in the box against the run. They want to put him on tight ends a lot of the time with some bracket coverages. Daniel Sorensen should not be back there with the Chiefs in a crunch time situation. No. They've got to get more athletic in the defensive backfield. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Uh, no question about it. Last thing as far as the Chiefs go. Mahomes with the big comeback, the way he played, and we've seen some of these other guys around the league. Rodgers loses this past week. Russell Wilson, although they won this week, they had a rough couple weeks there. Mahomes, this has got to be his MVP race to lose now. Well, I mean, this this is his for the the taking at this point. I, I believe he's the front runner now. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any question about that. There's a couple of guys who have a chance. Um, yeah, we talked about this off the air a couple weeks ago. What about Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, I mean, too many picks. They're undefeated. They are. They're a better team than them right now? I think the Chiefs are a better team right now. You sure? Yes. Here's where I see the difference in the Chiefs and the Steelers right now. Um, is I think the Chiefs have shown about 70 to 75% of what they're capable of. I think the Steelers, they're doing everything they can to win these games against some bad teams. I think they're playing at 100% right now. I don't disagree with the idea of that. I don't know. I don't know enough. But I think it's going to be hard if the let's say the Steelers do run the table. Yeah. It's not likely, but if they run the table, it's hard not to give the quarterback from the undefeated team the MVP. Sure. Um, you can argue that one. You know, the guy that's single-handedly apparently carrying a team in the NFL right now is Russell Wilson. They did have a three-week patch where he they the team wasn't great, but he played phenomenal those three weeks. Um, oh, other than the week he had four turnovers. Well, that one, yeah, he did have one. So I guess the phenomenal, take that away. One week he played poorly. Um, but, yeah, I think it is Mahomes' MVP to lose at this point. Um, 
you know, is there going to be sort of a Jordan bias against Mahomes at some point? I mean, he's the best player in the NFL. Right. I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes, there I said it, is the best football player in the NFL. Um, on the offensive side of the ball. Right. Aaron um, Donald. Aaron Donald the is the guy that, that, if you were going to pick anybody on the defensive side, it's definitely Aaron Donald. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. And if you're going to give the MVP to somebody, it's sort of like the Jordan thing of, well, every year is he the MVP? Mm-hmm. You know, what about the success of the team? He certainly deserved it last year. Um, you know, what happens? I mean, it's not an award you get in the, in the postseason as well. So, I mean, you, I think that if you're talking just MVP, yeah, he's the MVP right now. It's going to be hard to, to stop him. Yeah. The one name that did come to mind for me is Roethlisberger, the nature of the team being undefeated. Sure, sure. Let's uh, go through some of the other games uh, around the NFL this weekend. We'll go run through these real quick. Thursday night football, Seahawks top the Cardinals 28-21, to take care of business at home. Seattle really needed that one uh, to avoid losing three straight there. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that, that, that NFC West, I mean, they're just they're all beating each other up. And, and they're all good. They're Yes, they are. They're all talented teams. All four of those teams are talented. The yes. 49ers have all those injury problems. Um, the Seahawks have a horrible defense. But Wilson and DK Metcalf are just special on offense. Uh, they are that team's version of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Arizona, who I like to say is on the come up. Man, Kyler Murray's impressed me. Yeah. I mean, he's impressed me. He was I, the only reason they were in that game on Thursday night. Yeah, he is, he's impressive to me. Um, the team is quiet. We talk about it when I do your pick segment on, on the other, on the other on pod. On the Thursday show. I'm telling you, the Rams are good. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how they do. I mean, they're playing tonight. They're playing tonight? Yes, the, yes tonight against the, Bucks. the Bucks, Yeah. yeah. We'll see how they play tonight. Um, but I think that Aaron Donald, Brady's going to be wearing Aaron Donald's jersey most of the night, I think. Uh, that's the difference, is mm-hmm. that that team isn't like the Chiefs. Yeah, They're kind of the anti-Chiefs in that they have this great defense. And then they have a quarterback who can spread the ball out a little bit, but he's not going to go out and win the game by himself. Sure. Um, Steelers beat the Jags 27-3. to Jags weren't much anyway going into this game. The real story is the Steelers moving to 10-0. and That defense is the best defense in football. Um, Steelers... It seems like people are saying, you know, hey, it's only a matter of when. Something's going to catch up with these guys. They they pointed at the Baltimore game a couple months ago and said this is going to be the game. That didn't happen. Now even this week, I don't see Baltimore bidding the Steelers. And after that, you're looking at the Bills are pretty much their last tough game left. I mean, the table's looking pretty good for Pittsburgh now to get home field. Yeah, I think they, I think they will get home field. Um, I figure that I... They're going to drop one somewhere. Yes. And I would assume that the Chiefs drop one somewhere. It's the, the sheer numbers of it sure. predict that it's going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying that I can say pinpoint which one it is. Just the natural numbers say the team's not going to go 16-0. Um, I thought, you know, you would go in, you would think, like, going back to the Steelers, that the Steelers-Ravens game, that's always been a traditional hard-nosed, tough game. People have the Ravens number. Mm-hmm. They're 6-4 and four now, is that right? Yes, you know, I wouldn't suspect that they had four losses. Um, I think that the Steelers are really good. They're not going to run anybody. Buffalo could get them. I mean, if there's one team that could, I could see the athleticism, athleticism of uh, Allen being a problem. Um, 
But I think we're looking at the AFC starting to take shape. And there's a hierarchy, and there's two. They're at the top. I think if you had to argue which one's better, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs are the better team. Um, this year, I don't think it matters where you play that game. Okay. There's no fans. Right. You play that game in, in Pittsburgh, play it here in Kansas City, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that we're going to see Mahomes in that offense against that Steeler defense. What matters team is wins. the team that gets the week off, gets the bye to avoid potentially being eliminated and injuries yeah. and stuff. That's what really matters. You get that injury that rest. That, that rest is a big right. deal. I think especially with Roethlisberger being, when you have your team is around Roethlisberger, he's a little bit older. And they haven't had a bye since week four. Yeah, so that's a big deal for them. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think as much for the Chiefs. No. Uh, Browns beat the Eagles 22-17. to Big for the Browns to have Nick Chubb back. Um, Browns 7-3. and Having a, a surprisingly good year. Meanwhile, the Eagles, they fall the 3-6-1. and They're still in first place in their division. Yeah. Two picks for Carson Wentz. When do the Eagles throw in the towel on Carson Wentz and give Jalen Hurts a shot here? Well, I I was looking at that. We were talking, I, you know, I looked at the salary cap thing for the Eagles last night. Um, they are in a horrible place salary cap-wise, and there is no way they get out of Carson, well, Carson Wentz's contract. They're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck with him. And as a football coach, you know, if I was making plays, if I was making the call, I'd be rolling Jalen Hurts out there. But they're also three, six, and one. Is that right? Or are they three and seven? Three, one, six, and one. One of them is three, six, place. and yeah, And they all have three wins. Everybody yes. in, that, in that division has three wins. One of them is going to the playoffs. I guess the way that they're, the Eagles are thinking is well, if we just do enough to hang on and win this division, maybe we're at the, maybe we're at the craps table that is the playoffs. And maybe we roll, you know. <laughs> Maybe we can hit the point four times in a row. I mean, I don't know. I I think you go back to your point of Carson Wentz. I think he's a, just a dumpster fire. Yeah. I don't. I didn't see what they saw in him when they drafted him. I, I just didn't. And I don't see it now. And they've given him an extension. And I think they're going to really regret this. That I think so. The uh, the Browns, 7-3, and three, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm one of the only people that picked that preseason. But even I am still surprised that, hey, this has unfolded the way it has for Cleveland. Yeah, I think that it's also, you know, we talked about the preseason thing on that. It's um, I didn't pick them in the playoffs in the preseason because they were in the same division with the Steelers and the Ravens. And I bet the Ravens were going to be a better team than the Steelers. I thought Lamar Jackson was the MVP last year. Maybe they did right. the same thing. He's played so poorly this year. Not poorly, but comparatively to last year. Yeah. And and seeing people team seem to have watched enough video on Lamar Jackson that the Ravens have to make some choice decisions there. But um Cleveland's playing well. And you know, a fresh faced coach, you know, instead of going to get Baker Mayfield's buddy to be the to be the head coach, they got somebody else and um and said, Hey, let's be a team. Let's run the football. Run the football. Run the football and then we'll get these to these 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 outside guys. They're doing this now without Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. I mean that's Best athlete on the team, yeah, and and I I think they're a good team. I don't I think they're a team that could. You get in a playoff, you never know what could happen. That's a team that could upset somebody, yeah. So, but the fact that they would be in there right now, they're seven and four. They're moving. I mean, good for them. I mean, it's a good right. team. And their schedule's been pretty weak. Their best wins the Colts, 
um, who actually have played a lot better as of late. But even then, I, I still need before I take take them seriously for that next step. You got to beat some better quality teams instead of just beating bad teams. Yeah, there's the hierarchy in the AFC right now. It's the Steelers, the Chiefs. Yeah, and then there's a group, and that group includes the Ravens, the Browns, the Colts. Um, I'm forgetting the some Bills. The Bills. The Bills are probably the best of those teams. Right. But those are all teams that something has to go their way. The ball sure. has to bounce a certain way for them to do to go to the next level. A game that you were following closely, the Saints top the Falcons 24-9. to Taysom Hill in his first game as a starting quarterback went 18 of 23 through the air, 233 yards. He also had 10 carries for 51 yards and two rushing touchdowns. What would you make of Taysom Hill's debut? Well, I think that Sean Payton has his quarterback for next season. And it's uh, not Jameis Winston. And it's not Jameis Winston. I think that Sean Payton was looking at this game and those two quarterbacks, now that Drew Brees is hurt, and thinking, okay, which way am I going to go? And I, the Saints fan in me wanted to see Jameis Winston. I thought that was the better option for 2020. Yeah. He does turn the ball over a lot. They can control that and with the play calling. Um, but what they decided to do offensively was to look at Taysom Hill and say, we need to know if this is our guy. Because if not, we got to draft the quarterback. Jameis Winston's on a one-year deal. Taysom Hill, they got him this year and next. I'm suspecting that if Taysom Hill plays like this the rest of the season, one, the Saints have a chance uh, to do something. And they'll get Breeze back for the playoffs, likely. Right. Um, but if they can go in, if he's more than just a gimmick and how they run the ball with him, if they're if he's more than that, he's the Saints starting quarterback next season and maybe for the season after. He's 30 or 31 now. So I don't see him being the long-term answer there. But with the Saints salary cap issues, that's going to be something where they have a that's what this whole thing is about now, is them saying, okay, we got to address the next season and the next season. And hopefully they can bring Breeze back for this postseason to give him a run. But uh, I think it was, I think Taysom Hill played better than I thought he would. And the Saints may have found their future quarterback if he continues on that path. They're going to line up, and the defense of the Saints is going to carry them. Right. Also, frankly, there is no more overrated franchise. Any Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to say anything. Uh, you know I had to get on it. You had to say something. And, you know, sometimes you can count on things in life. The sun will come up tomorrow. <laughs> the sun sets in the west. <laughs> death, taxes, and Matt Ryan will do Matt Ryan things. And he did Matt Ryan And things. he did a couple of them yesterday. So. Yeah. Five out of six. Saints beat Falcons. <laughs> oh, man. Um, how about Washington? They get the win over uh, Cincinnati. We, we already talked about Joe Burrow. Oh, man. But just uh, real quick here, you, you talk about suck for Joe Burrow. The positive end, Alex Smith, gets his first win since that injury. He played okay, 17-25, 166 yards, touchdown, and an interception. Washington 3-7, and seven, not out of that race. Great story to see Alex Smith playing and leading Washington wins. It is a great story. And, uh, you know, for Alex Smith, you got to be happy for a guy to come back from the, the gruesome injury he had and then to come back and uh, to lead that team, get an opportunity to get out in the field, play it out. They got a chance to go to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <that's, laughs> they do. They have a chance to go to the playoffs. 
It's just wild. It's a, that division's a dumpster fire. Oh my gosh! Um, the Carolina defeats Detroit twenty to nothing. Shutout win for Carolina. And you, you look at it, Detroit's got some offensive weapons. I mean, between you know Stafford and Adrian Peterson and and you know, you know Johnson, some of these other guys. That's a great job by Carolina to get that shutout. And offensively, they played backup quarterback P.J. Walker for the first time, the former XFL star for the Houston Roughnecks. He played really good, threw a couple interceptions late, but I think he was maybe trying to force the issue a little bit. I don't hold that against him too much. But he finished going 24 of 34, 258 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Um, You know, that Carolina team, they're – I think they're going to be good eventually down the line. I like what Matt Rule's doing there. This was big for him to win with a quarterback not named Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Carolina is one of those, you know, they also don't have Christian McCaffrey right now. Yeah. Um, Carolina, you can see how they're building their team. They don't have the quote unquote franchise quarterback. They don't have Patrick Mahomes. They don't have um, Lamar Jackson or, you know, um, Drew Brees or who are those, those guys that you got to pay. 30 plus million dollars a year. Teddy Bridgewater gives a deal for them. Right. What it allows them to do is give money to a great running back in McCaffrey and then to build their defense. That's the way they're going to try to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You build your team how you build that team. Um, as far as Detroit, it is now 1.22 p.m. on Monday, November the 23rd, as we record this. And the only reason that Matt Patricia still has a job is that they have to play on Thursday. That's right. On Thanksgiving. We all have to sit through that. Yes. So um, if he didn't have to play a game Thursday, he'd be fired. Absolutely. He's already on his seat. Is I mean, warming up. It's warm. Uh, he, he's got to, I mean, he's got to have hemorrhoids right now. It's so bad. I mean, uh, that beard's about to fall off I his mean, face. Just, uh, he has been a, he's been horrible as the head coach of the Lions. He's done a terrible job. I wanted to believe in him. I wanted to believe that a fat guy like that, <laughs> who looks like me with a beard, I wanted to believe he could be a good coach in the NFL. I wouldn't let that guy run my fantasy football team right now. And I just, he's gone. They may let him finish the season, but he'll have the rider truck in the parking lot at the last game because right. he's gone. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Titans win in overtime against the Ravens 30-24. to Really good ball game between these two teams. And the Titans were a six and a half point underdog. I picked the Titans to win outright. I think that the Titans have the Ravens number. They're a more physical football team. Derrick Henry was phenomenal with 133 yards on the ground. Tannehill played well. They held Lamar Jackson to under 200 yards passing. Uh, I mean, great win for the Titans, and I think it's twofold. Credit to the Titans, absolutely, for what they did playing to their style. But I think the Titans, they gave out the recipe to everybody on how to beat Lamar Jackson, and they're still doing it, and it's still effective in that way. Uh, The Ravens got to do something different. I mean, they have to change something, whether it's Lamar getting the ball further down the field or getting another receiver or two. What what Baltimore's doing right now is not working, and they're on the verge of missing the playoffs if they don't do something different. Yeah. So I, I want to see what Baltimore's going to do this rest of the season and then in the next season. I have an idea for them, but um, I think you're right. The Titans are one of those teams, like I was talking about Carolina a minute ago. They built their team differently. Yeah. Fantastic defense. 
They have the they have the best running back in football. Derrick Henry's just playing man's game when he has the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Ryan Tannehill, who you wouldn't even thought when he was coming into the league would be a starter, much less a competent one. He's not a great starter, but he protects the ball. He's great in play action. Doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. That's kind of a recipe for a really good team. Right. They're well coached. Um, you and I were talking about the pit segment. We were the ones, both the, we were the two of us, both picked the Titans. Yeah. And you were strongly the Titans are going to win this game. And I was like, I believe you're right. Um, I think the Titans are better than the Ravens. The Titans are the team that second tier that, as they say, you don't want to smoke. That's the team that could upset one of those two teams. That's the team that the Chiefs and the Steelers should worry about. Yeah. On a given day. Mm-hmm. Because Derrick Henry can slow the game down, the offense. They play good defense. Yeah. Uh, big time win for the uh, Titans there. Texans beat the Patriots 27-20. to And, you know, the, the Texans have played better the last couple weeks. You have a theory, don't you, on what Belichick's doing here? Okay. What, two things. Real quick on the, on the Texans. Okay. Players love Romeo Cornell. They do. Every player that ever played for Romeo Cornell likes him. And I'm sure they love just not he's, playing for Bill O'Brien. He's he's Professor Clump. I mean, he just everyone loves him. Uh, so great. I'm happy for him that they're winning some games. And he's I think they'll great. beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, too. they're gonna thump the Lions on Thanksgiving. Um, I do have a theory on Belichick. You know, they had so many players opt out. I think that might have been by design. I'm not going to go that far on conspiracy theory about that. But and he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. He knew this season wasn't going to be what they wanted it to be. He could take all the attention off with Tom Brady gone. Their salary cap situation is really good next year. They don't have a quarterback. They are a team, the Patriots, that can make some moves in the offseason that very few teams can do. Whether that's go get a big-name free agent quarterback or be the one or two teams that could possibly make a trade with the Jets or the Jaguars for the number one pick. It could offer some kind of big package. There's some flexibility there. I don't think Bill Belichick's trying to lose, but I don't think he's trying to win either. No. I, I think I, he's trying to see who on his roster is going to be on his roster in 2021 and 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's trying to say, which of you guys can play football and want to be with me in the next couple of years, and which of you guys are just here to get a paycheck. And he's going to clear out a few guys, and he's going to bring some guys back. This is just a hiccup. It's just a hiccup for the for the Patriots, and they're going to move forward. Like I said, I think he's just two steps ahead of everybody else, and we just don't realize it yet. Well, and if there was ever a year to throw away, too, yeah, Why this not? would be the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Broncos beat the Dolphins. Uh, just real quick on this one, uh, the story of this game I thought it was Tua and the fact that he got benched. I know that you're the coach and I'm not, but I've always been in the mindset. When you give the rookie quarterback the shot, you gotta commit. Doesn't matter what how bad he plays, you're all in at that point. I like Brian Flores, and he's doing a good job in Miami there. And I understand they're trying to fight to make the playoffs and everything. I did not like them pulling Tua in that fourth quarter, putting in Fitzpatrick, and, and going through that whole thing there. I, I disagreed with that decision, but at the same time too, 
Tua just said a couple days ago playing in the NFL was easy, and he struggled a bit. Maybe there was some message that was being sent there to a wake-up call of some sorts. Yeah, I wonder if – I 100% agree with you. I Horrible decision to take him out the game. To me, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a fraud anyway. I just don't think he's that good a player. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I never have thought he was that yeah. good a player. People like him because he went to Harvard. Whatever. Um, anyway, I just think that you're 100% right. As you bring in the young quarterback, it doesn't matter how much he struggles, you stick with him. If the Dolphins are fighting for a playoff position, do they think they're one of those teams that can win three games in the playoffs? Right. If they are, they're delusional. I mean, they got a great, they got a good young defense. That's the youngest team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Their roster is the youngest in the NFL. And they're going to be good in a couple of years. And Brian Flores has done a fantastic job coaching that team. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. He, he, you could probably argue of the NFL guys that have played, who, the guys who have coached in the NFL from the Belichick tree, you could argue he might be the best one. Yes. So far. But I disagreed with taking Tua out of the game. Fitzpatrick was going to turn the ball over. He's done that before. I right. mean, you got to put that ball in his hands. He, yeah, he's like, you put the ball in his hands, he wins. Sometimes he loses. Well, I can go do that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, sometimes I'll win, sometimes I'll lose. Right. What does it hurt if the Dolphins don't make the playoffs? If they're one game short of the playoffs, what's the difference? None. None. Better draft pick. Yeah. Do you really think if, if, if the only reason that you go back to Fitzpatrick is that you think not only do you get in the playoffs, but if you get in the playoffs, you've got a chance. They don't have a chance. Not this season. No. You need to find out what Tua is. And you need to give him the experience. And maybe he goes as well, this is easy right now. Let him get his ass kicked a little bit then. And then realize, oh, this isn't what I thought. Hey, man, maybe I need to do a little better. Yeah, and you get your ass kicked by the Broncos. Keep in mind, Peyton Manning was 3-13 and his first year in the NFL. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, Chargers beat the Jets. I mean, the, the only thing from this one, yes, the, the Jets are awful, and they've had, they've been eliminated from the postseason. Um, but uh, Justin Herbert, I mean, this guy, they're letting him open it up a bit. Oregon wouldn't let him do that. He, he's going to be the rookie of the year now with, uh, with Burrow going down here. Yeah, he'll win rookie of the year with Burrow out. And uh, he's got a cannon. He does. He's fun to watch. He is. And, and you know... Uh, or watch the Chiefs game. I said the, the the ball that Mahomes threw for the touchdown to win the game. He's falling away and it's just all arm getting it into the back of the end zone for Kelsey. There ain't but four or five quarterbacks in the league who can do that. Herbert's one of them. Yeah, Herbert's got cannon. I mean, I just um, I'm interested to see how good that guy's going to be. No kidding. Yeah. Um, the uh, Colts beat the Packers 34-31 in overtime. Colts are seven and three. Packers fall to seven and three themselves. Biggest win of the year for the Colts so far to this point. Uh, the best performance they've put together. Phil Rivers was vintage. Phil Rivers with close to three hundred passing yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers he played great. He had over three hundred yards, three touchdowns. I felt like what lost this game for the Packers was not their offense. Their defense just did not show up, and that's been the story for the Packers here the last couple of weeks. They couldn't get off the field. Second yeah. half, they spotted, they were up 28 points. Yeah. I mean, Rodgers did his part. And then in the third quarter, I heard that they ran six plays in the third quarter. Yes. Come on, man. 
Somebody's got to D up somebody over there. Oh. Get you. I mean, that's what they lost. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I, I've argued the last few years, if you look at just the skill of the quarterbacks, he might be the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. He does everything so almost perfectly right as a player. I mean, there's times he'll throw a pick. Everybody does. But he, I can argue with you that if you look at it, you watch him individually, he's just fantastic and on a whole other level. But that team is not talented around him no. at all. No. At some point, he just got to ask, hey, get me up out the paint. I mean, just <laughs> either put a defense out there or give me an offensive line to block for some of these running backs. I mean, it's it's just pathetic that the Green Bay Packers ran six offensive plays in the third quarter yesterday. Mm-hmm. Up 28. Yeah. Um, the Colts, they win this game, and I know that you know they beat the Titans last week as well. They've been playing some better football as of late. I still cannot buy into this team. I think that in a game that matters, I'll take the Titans there in their division. There's about at least four, you know, at least three or four teams besides the Titans that I like better than the Colts of the AFC. Um Am I wrong to not buy into this Colts team yet? All right, so we don't buy on the Colts for the same reason. Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers, yeah. I was thinking about this this morning. If Andrew Luck were still the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, my gosh. Is that the best team in the AFC? Potentially. That's the Chiefs' rival if Andrew Luck's still playing football. If he still wanted to play football, how good would that team be? Right, I mean that, and it's tough to be Philip Rivers, to be the guy that you know now has to come in on a one-year contract, and you know he knew the gig, come in here and try to win with this team to try to be the fit-in quarterback, and try to go all the way. That team's only going to go as far as Philip Rivers plays in the playoffs. Having said that, the team around him is really good. If you could take. I'm not, defense. A, I'm not a Philip Rivers guy. Never have been. No. Probably never will be. They are the direct opposite of the Green Bay Packers. If you could switch them. If you could switch four or five quarterbacks in there instead of who they've got, that's an incredibly good football team. Yeah. That's a top five, top three football team. Mm-hmm. And they're well coached. Last one. Cowboys beat the Vikings 31 to. 28. Cowboys move ahead to 3-7. and seven. The Vikings, such a mess. I expect a complete overhaul in the offseason uh, from, from Cousins and some of these other guys. I'm not a believer in Mike Zimmer. The Cowboys, they get Andy Dalton back, and what do you know, the offense looked a lot better. The, the Cowboys just needed something at quarterback in, in order to compete in these games. I mean, yeah. yes, they, they lost, losing Dak was a big deal, don't get me wrong, but... Losing Andy Dalton was almost even bigger in how much they dropped off from the next guys up. They, finally getting Andy back, now they have a shot to win the division. They, they might, with Andy Dalton there, be the favorites the rest yeah. of the way there in the East. Now we got to be careful. We say win the division. Remember what division they're in. <laughs> yes. Everyone's 3-7 and seven or 3-6-1. and one. Um, Don't disagree. I don't think Andy Dalton is the answer. But he's that... Um, he's a better answer for anything else right that's now. That's true. He, he's that answer kind of like in the old movie, the program. He's good enough to get you a split over four games. 
Um, you know, and that's really what the Cowboys need between now and the end of the season. The biggest problem the Dallas Cowboys have is what are they going to do about Dak Prescott? We talked about this a little bit ago. I've got a theory what I'd do if I was them. I'd shop him and figure out some way, somehow. To, to, they're, they're also in salary cap nightmare. Yeah. And so they can't afford Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have a lot of flexibility. So I, I'm thinking if you're Dallas, I mean, this is this was the team that it was win now for them. And then Dak Prescott gets hurt. And it was like we went from win now to holy shit. What are we now? And they don't know. They don't have an identity at all. Right. I, I don't. It, that, there's a lot of issues to Dallas Cowboys right now. Oh yeah. And the Vikings have Dak covered for a lot of those. Yeah. And I don't. And I'm not sure that Dak Prescott's one of the. I mean, he's probably in the top ten quarterbacks in the in the league. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. I'm one of those guys that I think there's a dozen good quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and that's it. I yeah. mean, like if you're not one of those, probably ten or twelve, then why are you getting a contract? Dak's in there, but he's not the top five. Yeah, and so he's one of those you kind of have to question and say, well, is he worth this to us? If you're an organization, um, there are some places he is the answer. He could be the answer there. They just got a lot of, Dallas has got a lot of hard decisions to make. Minnesota's got hard decisions to make, and they have way too much caught up in Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, we use you and I throw the word fraud around quite a bit. That guy's just straight stealing money. Every time <laughs> that man cashes a paycheck, he is stealing money. Uh, Every I, time. I love Cousins as a fourth round pick when he doesn't cost you much. That was fine. Yeah. This money he's, that he's been paid, man, that's, that's man, highway robbery. I mean, just he held up the train on that one. I mean, I, how did he get that money? His agent, his agent should get an award. Yeah, I, I don't understand how anybody paid him that much money and guaranteed all of it. Oh, um, and I have he a got good, an extension out of yeah, it. Yeah, I got a good friend who's a Minnesota Vikings fan, and as a as a Saints fan, he has just given it to me the last couple of years. I can't wait till Christmas Day. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I. They have a lot of decisions to make. Now, I like Mike Zimmer better than you do. I think he's been handicapped by Kirk Cousins, but I don't think he's going to get an opportunity to see what he can do without him. I think he's going to be gone, and whoever the coach comes Mike Zimmer's in, a big reason why they brought in Cousins. Though. Is it? I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. If, if, I think that then it was, then if he's involved with that decision, he gone. Yeah, he was. And, and I think that whoever comes in has to understand they've got to deal with Kirk Cousins for a year or two. And there's just too much dead money on the cap, and no yeah. one's taking them off your hands. Right. Let's uh, move on. Uh, transition to college football. Let's start with this week's Big 12 breakdown. Oklahoma with a huge win over Oklahoma State, 41-13. to This one got out of hand pretty quickly as OU scored 21 points in that first quarter. Spencer Rattler, the freshman quarterback for OU, was phenomenal. Four touchdowns, 301 yards, and... Seemed like that OU, you know, rivalry game and everything. They took this personally. They they reminded OSU who Daddy is. Um, you know, it didn't matter if it was Spencer Sanders at quarterback or Ellingworth. Didn't matter if they were running the ball with Chuba Hubbard or LD Brown. I mean, OU came to play, and that defense was so good with Ronnie Perkins back there. The offense clicking. If this Oklahoma team would have been at full strength and played this way early on in the season. 
I think we're talking about no question Oklahoma's in the college football playoff right yeah. now. Um, they are just at a different level. I mean, this was, um, you know, they exposed Oklahoma State for who they really were. There were some signs throughout the year that Oklahoma State wasn't playing to their full potential, but in actuality, that's just who Oklahoma State is. Yeah. So, uh, OU showed us, and I agree, I think OU showed us that they are the dog that runs the pound. Yeah. By far the best team in the Big 12. That's the franchise. You want a piece of them, you got to go get them. Oklahoma State wanted no piece of that game, looked like on the field. Um, you know, OU had a couple of hiccups early in the season. That takes them out of any chance to play in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. But the team that we thought Oklahoma would be this season, going in before all the COVID stuff. Right. You're looking at, you know, if you're looking to spring, you're looking at how's college football going to shake up. Everyone was, any prognosticator that was really looking at college football said, okay, you're going to get whomever the SEC champion, Alabama, LSU, whoever that might be. You can also include Georgia or Florida in that. So whoever that champion is, it's going to be in. Clemson's going to be in. OU is going to be in because they're the best team in the Big 12. They're probably going to run the table. And you have whoever the fourth one is. That OU team was the OU we expected to see. That's who they are. And a couple of hiccups aside early in the season, that is who that team is. Um, I mean, they just, you know, in the immortal words of Pedro Martinez, they showed Oklahoma State who their daddy was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, phenomenal win for Oklahoma, and they're on track to win another Big 12 title after this win. Um, you know, it, it was, it, they showed who they really are. And I think, too, with this being a young Oklahoma team with Rattler and Mims and, and all those you know, young backs and receivers and the defense, a hell of a lot better than what they've been the last couple of years, and they've gotten better in that second half. We mentioned getting Ronnie Perkins back. That's a team that I don't know if you even say this in the locker room, but you use this as a way to maybe even jumpstart next season. Oh yeah, and then look ahead to next year. That's a team I don't want anything to mess with. That Oklahoma team, a young team that's getting better every week and bringing almost everybody back next year is going to be something else. Oh yeah, they're a young team. I like I like Rattler a lot, and I think that. 2021 could be the year that Oklahoma just makes everyone look like mere mortals, if you will. It's their best chance to take that next step. Yeah. If there's going to be a season where they're going to ascend, they're really there as a program. But if they're going to ascend to the tippy top, yeah, it's next season. Yeah. Um, Iowa State beats K-State 45 uh, Iowa State, you want to talk about teams that are improved from what they were Opens up the year losing losing to Louisiana Lafayette, and they have just been so much better. Brees Hall looks like one of the best running backs in the country. His name's being mentioned for the Heisman race. Um, he had a great day, 135 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, a shutout win over K-State. Two things. Love what I saw from Iowa State. That's a team that's getting better. Brees Hall and, and you know, Kolar and Brock Purdy, fun group. But K-State... You, you lost, of course, uh, you know, Scottler Thompson a few weeks ago. Well, Howard, true freshman quarterback, had some, you know, a few moments here and there, but it, it felt like everything was going to eventually unravel for this K State team. And this is kind of actually who they, they really are. I, I don't even feel like, you know, that's necessarily even that bad for K State in the sense that, 
you know, they've overachieved at times this year anyway. It was a, it, it was a balancing act of sorts. Yeah, so it's like, well, the real K-State team, please stand up. Um, yeah, I mean, the inconsistency of who they are. Um, they're, they're In the past, K-State has been, you know, in the Snyder era, just kind of this, they're consistent. You know, they're going to pop a big team every so often, and then sometimes they're going to lose a game in a close game. You would have never... In the Bill Snyder era, seen a forty-five to nothing drumming to Iowa State. No, not even a really good Iowa State team. Oklahoma wouldn't have beaten K State forty-five nothing. Alabama wouldn't have beaten K State forty-five nothing in the Bill Snyder era. I think it just goes to show there's a lot of inconsistency at K State right now. Yeah, and I think that they're trying to figure out who they are. They don't have an identity. I don't know if that's the team, if it's injuries. If it's just that all college football is kind of weird right now. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of teams are going to have question marks. But that performance was, I hate to criticize college kids, but it was just a pathetic performance to lose, <laughs> to lose like that. I mean, just it, it's like it's almost like we, you get there, you get punched in the mouth, and you go, well, shit, we won't play the second half. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll move on to the uh, – that was the only Big 12 games this week. Let's look at the rest of college football. Uh, Indiana, they fought with Ohio State. A lot more competitive than what it was expected to be. Ohio State wins 42-35. to There's either two thoughts of mine for this game, and I don't think we even know the answer yet. It's either Ohio State played a lot better Indiana team than people thought – or Ohio State isn't as good as what we thought, and we don't necessarily know that answer at the moment. I don't think we know the answer, and um, but nonetheless, credit to Indiana for hanging oh, in there. You got to give. Uh, so I'm watching that game kind of off and on. My wife and I were out. We were at a place, and we it, Ohio State would score. They'd go down the field, they score, and you're like, okay, now it's a 21 points game. And then Indiana just he looked athletic, and bam, 14 point game. <laughs> Now, the last time I saw the score, I was away from the – didn't see the end of the game. Ohio State was up 21, and I figured, okay, they're going to cruise into the end here at the end. It was the fourth quarter. Right. Then I hear they won by seven. I go back and look and see what happened, and I went, man, when did Indiana become athletic? Right. Like, did they just wake up this like in, in week one and go, hey, we got a whole bunch of athletes no one knows about now? Where they all come from? I mean, they are. From what I've seen, I don't know if they're good. I don't know, but yeah. I know they're athletic. Right. And I've never seen an athletic Indiana football team. Seen an athletic Indiana basketball team in my life, but never seen an athletic Indiana football team. So I don't know what we got there. Um, we were on doing the pick segment on your sh- on the Thursday show, and I thought we were talking about. I just said, look, this is the week that we're going to find out Indiana's not as good as we thought they were. I think we've called that a couple times. Yeah. This year. I don't know that I could do that anymore. <laughs> I, I was very impressed, and I don't know if it was Indiana just played really, really well, or that Ohio State isn't as good. I think top to bottom, Ohio State's one of the two most talented teams in the country. I think if you're Ohio State, the way you spin this, if you're looking for a positive, is, hey, look, Justin Fields is not going to be throwing three interceptions in a game probably ever again, and yet you still beat a top-ten team by seven points. I think that's the way you look at this if you're trying to find that positive for Ohio State is, hey, we weren't perfect at all, and we still won. Yeah, your spin, that's perfect. And I do think that's probably where they're going to spin it. But (laughs) I I don't – 
I don't know who a lot of teams are in college football right now. Yeah. Um, Northwestern beats Wisconsin 17-7. to Wisconsin have played great those uh, first couple weeks. Had some COVID issues. Their freshman quarterback, Graham Mertz, from Blue Valley North, was looking really good. And then Saturday, they just hit a wall. Northwestern, the fighting Reese Davises, uh, you know, played well on defense. Uh, you know, they, they were physical on offense. That that Northwestern team, I think you look at the, what Indiana did to Ohio State, all of a sudden you're saying to yourselves, why not us? Why can't we win the Big Ten now? Yeah. I, I mean, it's happened before. I just... Northwestern, well, we'll go back to Wisconsin for a second. We were talking about this on the, on the pick segment. and I said, I'll take Wisconsin because the athletes are on one side of the field. That sideline had all the athletes. Northwestern had the smart kids, but the athletes were all on the Wisconsin side. Right. And you talked about uh, Graham Mertz and said, if you were going to buy a stock in a player, that was the guy you were putting all your money in the stock on. Still feel that way? I still feel that way. He's, okay. a, he's a freshman. He, he's a buy and hold for you. So, uh, as we say in the in the industry, so, yes, uh, he, very nice. Yeah. Nice. So he he uh, he's your buy and hold there. Um, I'll take him over Rattler right now. Actually, would you? I, I, would. I don't. I haven't seen him enough. I really like Rattler, and, and I'm, I'm talking like long term and the pros and okay. everything. I don't. I see. I haven't seen enough of him to have of Mark to have an opinion. I like what I've seen with Rattler. Yeah. Um, so it'd be hard for me to, to agree with you, but I won't disagree with you either. Um, I just. I would have thought that Wisconsin. I don't. Again, I don't know who is who right now in the in college football, and this is another example of that. Yeah, uh, Alabama. They rolled Kentucky, sixty three to three, and uh, that gets to my next point here. Is just talking about the college football playoff, where things stand right now. Still a lot to unfold here. You look at. I think I don't think the Pac twelve is getting anybody in. They're not going to have enough games to really validate a case. Big 12's not getting anybody in because Oklahoma didn't catch fire fast enough. So then you're down to the Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC. Four spots. Alabama, even if their one loss is to Florida in the SEC championship game, gets in. That's one spot taken. Um, Then I would assume that Ohio State gets one of those spots unless somehow Northwestern wins the Big Ten. The Big Ten champs getting in. So there's two spots um, with a big edge to Ohio State, obviously. Two more spots up for grabs. I think you're talking about three teams, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Florida, for those other for that those other spots remaining in the playoff. I think that we've gotten to the point now where we may not know a whole lot who these teams are, but the field for those playoff contenders has shrunk quite a bit. We're starting as these playoff rankings come out tomorrow for the first time. I would think that... Those are your five that realistically have a shot at making the playoff right now. I think you're right. Um, the only team from out west I could see, I don't think they have enough games, if USC were to run the table. Yeah. Maybe. But that that's not likely just because of the, certain, the sheer number of games. Um, the one the team that I don't agree with you on, the team that I think we talked about this already off the air, I don't think Florida's as good as the rest of them. And I do have a question for you. You know it's better than I do. The Notre Dame-Clemson thing. Is Notre Dame going to play in a possible ACC championship game? Yes, they are. Okay. Now, here's an interesting twist. So the way that they wrote the rules with COVID was that uh, in order to qualify for the ACC championship game, you have to play um, within one game 
of the average number of ACC games played. Clemson's already lost one game this past week with Florida State, not getting to play that game. And they suffered, of course, the loss to Notre Dame. There's an outside chance that Clemson, based on the way these rules worked out, might not even get to play in the own, their own ACC championship game. So is that why Dabo Sweeney's a whiner this week? That's exactly why. Yeah, screw him. Um, <laughs> not a fan. Um, Clemson's a better team than Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame beat them this year. No Trevor Lawrence. Right, and and they want, that's the other thing too, they want to go in there and yeah. redeem that loss to Notre so, Dame. If they play again, Trevor Lawrence is in that game, I think that Clemson wins. But the earlier win in the season helps Notre Dame be the fourth team. I think it's, I'm just going to say Alabama. Alabama is the SEC champion. Clemson, if Clemson wins the ACC, I mean, Clemson has to beat Notre Dame in that game. If they don't, they shouldn't get in. They shouldn't have two losses and get in. Um, Then you have Notre Dame. One way or the other, as long as they win every other game except for that one. Um, and then who was the other one we were talking about? Ohio State. Yes. That's your four. I I don't see what you see in Georgia. In Florida. Or Florida. I'm saying Florida. I'm sorry. Um, Kyle Trask is what Kyle, I see. I'm a, love, I'm a big believer in Kyle Trask. Uh, you people who are on this Kyle Trask is Joe Burrow talk. Can, I'm not on that y'all train. Y'all can get on the train out of town. I'm not on that train, yeah. but I do love Kyle Trask. Yeah, Kyle Trask is not Joe Burrow. Uh, we're going to see how good he is. He's a good ball player. We're going to see how good he is against Alabama. Yeah. Look, we he got faced the, the test against Georgia. Georgia's not Alabama. No, they aren't. They and aren't. I, I but just, you play the games in front of you. You do play the games in front of you, absolutely. I do think, if you look at it, though, if I had to say this is the one team, it's Alabama. They're not letting anything get in their way this season. Yeah. And they're going to run this table. They are. They're the best team, and they're going to run this table. And I'm not sure any game Alabama plays from here on out is going to be close. I think when the playoff rankings come out tomorrow, you're going to see Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Ohio State 3, Clemson 4. Not really much of a surprise as your top four there. Um, But I do think when it's all said and done, when we get to the end of the season, I got Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Florida. Or uh, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Florida as your playoff. I think Notre Dame, you swap out Notre Dame for Florida as far as that playoff goes. I think Notre Dame gets in still if they just play that game against Clemson close. Yeah. Because they've got the win over Clemson. You think, well, okay, let's play a a scenario here. Uh, Combining our two situations here. Let's say that... Notre Dame plays them close, but Florida beats Alabama for the SEC championship. Do you put Notre Dame in over Alabama? No. No. In that scenario, Alabama will go in over Notre Dame. Yes. And that's my scenario here yeah. we're talking about. I, that scenario, I would agree with you. Um, here's a scenario. Okay. Clemson loses Notre Dame. Or Clemson, yeah. Notre Dame beats Clemson. Mm-hmm. Alabama runs the table. Can OU sneak in? Ooh. You know, I, I think that they they really have to continue to play like they are. I say no, 
I think at that point, then you're talking about a BYU or a Cincinnati um, before I would mention an OU team right now. Okay. I mean, if there's... And BYU, I, I get that you didn't like the logistics of this Washington situation, but go schedule Oregon. Go schedule somebody. Yeah. I'm looking at the rankings. have AP Top 25. Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. A&M is five ahead of Florida right now. Yeah. Cincinnati, BYU, 7 and 8. Oregon's 9. Miami's 10. So, yeah, I mean, I still a lot of things on the table. We've got a few more weeks. The cream's starting to rise to the top, though. And, I mean, again, I just, if you look at this, this that's the best. I think Alabama's best team in the country. I, the, the, at least the playoff makes it fun. Yes. The ex, the idea of expanding it to eight teams takes some of that fun away in my view. In my view, mm-hmm. you know, some people talk about, well, we get eight, we can get more of them in there. Then you argue, and then you go, well, well, wait college, a minute, just college football benefits from the chaos. Yeah, but does the eight nine team, you know, who who's the ninth best team? Are they really going to beat the number one team? You know, I think that what we've got right now is kind of for for college, and not and notice these players aren't getting paid either. Those four at the top, that's probably pretty perfect. Four five is a good argument. As opposed to eight and nine, you know, who's mm-hmm. the last one in. Um, it'll be interesting. I think that, again, I, my gut says that Clemson can beat a Notre Dame team with Trevor, they have Trevor Lawrence back. Um, Clemson could have just handled all this stuff for us by beating Notre Dame the first time. Yeah. That would have been easy. Um, hey, how, you know this better than I do then. Um, in the ACC, where is Miami? Miami is uh let's see. Miami 7 and 1. Yeah. They only have one loss. Who is that loss to? And the one loss that Miami had was to Clemson, 42 to 17 back on October 10th. They in the same division? I don't know. Uh they're not doing divisions this year. There's the one. Yes. Is there a scenario where Miami would play Notre Dame? In the ACC championship, potentially, yes. That would be if a, it's a three-way tie and some tiebreakers go their way, then yes. Or if Clemson doesn't meet, meet the standard okay. and get enough games in to get to the yeah. ACC title game. Always looking for the U. I, always, I just want to see the U come back. <laughs> I'll never get the 1980s U back. I want that. Oh, College football needs that. They do, just like the NFL needed the Raiders to be good again. Yeah, LSU tries to be. The, the 80s U. Odell Beckham bringing money to the national championship game and handing it out. <laughs> now he's know, getting LSU's trying to be the U. They are. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We got to run. Yeah. Both, thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thanks for having us. me today. I appreciate it. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Where can people uh, reach out to you? Hey, man, if you're looking for some uh, financial planning advice, some insurance, or uh, anything in that area, give us a call, uh, 785-856-0720. Check us out on Facebook, O'Connor Advisory Group. Uh, I'm at Coach Bo, B-O, on uh, Twitter. And um, come soon, our new website, O-A-G-K-S, so O'Connor Advisory Group, Kansas, so K-S.com. Uh, and uh, Thanksgiving, what's uh, what's on the menu at the O'Connor House well, on I gotta Thursday? Pick up, we got to pick up a ham. It's just me, the wife, and the kiddo. We're doing a ham. Wife's going to cook, and wife can cook. So Nice. Me and the kiddo would look the way we do if she couldn't. So uh, <laughs> uh be a lot of football. Maybe some video games for the kiddo. We're going to just keep it low-key. You know, hope everybody out there is listening is taking it safe yes. and be careful. And, you know, we're dealing with that in the family right now a little bit. And, uh, man, we just – I. I implore by wear your mask, people.
Wear your mask. If I see you in public and you're not wearing a mask, I will shame you. <laughs> he will. He's not kidding about that. Um, my move for Thanksgiving, and you know, we got enough days. People could prepare for this ahead of time too. Uh, corned beef. That's good. Ooh, like people don't think about it, but that's a game changer. Yeah. That's what. That's the secret move. Yeah, we're going. We going ham over turkey this year. We we did a family talk on. We did a family vote on that. It was it was unanimous. I think we're having both. In my house. We did a prime rib a couple years ago. Ooh, that sounds good, too. That was good. Well, that is uh, Brian O'Connor. I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you a early edition of the Jones Report. Because of the Thanksgiving holiday, we're going to move up the show to Wednesday this week. And because uh, we got to dissect those NFL games, too. So be looking for that to drop on a Wednesday. And I will see you then. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thanks for starting your week out here on the Jones Report. So long, everybody.